Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. The human experience is entering your heart chakra as we speak to my guest tonight, Mr. Stephen Lindstedt. Stephen, thank you so much for being here, sir. Welcome to HXP. Well, thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. So, Stephen, if you could just give our listeners some background about who you are and what you do, I think that would help. Well, I'm, I tell people that I'm a student of the heart, and that comes from uh, my experience with working with people on the emotional level. I have a, a background in natural health. I'm also a certified nutritional consultant, so I have been working with people about consulting with their them on their health. And what I have found over the years is that many of the physical symptoms that people have can also be tied to their um, emotional um, situation. So that's that's um, how I sort of got into this. Right. Uh, so, I mean, what is scalar heart connection? Yeah, scalar heart connection is a tool, actually. It's a method, or you could call it a process, that helps people navigate through I would say subconscious beliefs or maybe these negative beliefs or habituated patterns that we tend to pick up from childhood and just from cultural conditioning. And these are the beliefs that oftentimes put us into limitation. And it's the limitation that stands in the way of our relationships and some of our career goals, our creativity, and can also, as I said, play a role in our our physical health. Okay. So, I mean, I found out about your work and I wanted to book you for this, this show. We sent a couple emails and you agreed. And then you insisted that I have a session before we do the interview, which I thought was a great idea. It was kind of mind-blowing, actually, the process. And I learned, I learned a lot about myself. I had no idea that a computer and my heart could kind of indicate these things. I mean, can you tell us more about how this process works and what you use? How did you come up with this? Well, the process itself has um, a few, I guess you would say, iterations. It, I, I studied things like the Ewan method or resonance repatterning, and so I had a sense of how to approach sort of the subconscious mind, if you would, using applied kinesiology that was, you know, has been the standard. And what I wanted to do was find a way to reach the subconscious through the heart. And the reason for that is because when you're working with someone from a distance, it's really highly impractical to do muscle testing because, first of all, they're not, they're not present. And then if you as a practitioner are muscle testing on yourself, then the person on the other line of the phone has no real connection with what's happening. And so I, I ran and I had a friend and I was telling them about sort of what I wanted to do. And they said, well, I work with my sister, 
by asking our heart to pick a number that's, that would be on the menu as opposed to doing the, the muscle testing. And I thought that's brilliant because of all the research that I've been seeing about how the heart is connected to, um, to future events and, and the way that the heart is, you know, tra- more information goes from the heart to the brain than the other way around. So there's this whole idea of heart consciousness and how the heart is connected to um, this field of, I would say, unlimited intelligence. And so I essentially put together a, a menu of statements that I could use to ask the heart when I was having a problem. What, are, what do I need to know? How can I approach my problem in, in a different way? Instead of responding or reacting from my brain consciousness, is there a way that I could tap into a, a greater knowing or a higher wisdom? And so that that's how that matrix uh, came about. Now, the question is, well, how, how does it work? And there I have to say, honestly, I don't know how it works. Um, I think that uh, I'm, I believe that we are surrounded by synchronicity. And what I, what I mean by that is that, it, you know, s- certain events happen in our lives that we would say were total coincidences. But when we look at it, the coincidence seems to have a deeper meaning. The coincidence guided us in a way or solved a problem for us. And, and that, in that respect, that to me is true synchronicity. So I thought, well, you know, why can't I just ask the heart directly to give me the guidance instead of waiting for some external synchronistic event to happen? So the way I look at it is that how does the heart know what number to pick that's showing up on a computerized program? And the answer to me is the same way that synchronicity knows when we're having a problem and knows how to give us that direction. So this, I mean, this idea of heart consciousness seems to be the core of much of your work and writing. How did you come to realize that this was the route to healing and connection with the world? And what set you on the path to thinking that we are intricately connected into the universe around us? I think that I have been a student of quantum physics for many, many years, and I just love the idea that the the waveform of matter is sort of, and it's unlimited. It's like we could call it the probability function where all the possibilities exist simultaneously and sort of in this field, this quantum field. And when you look at it, it, that field has a vibration. It has a, a resonance. And if you go back to a lot of you know religious scriptures and mystical texts, you find that they also talk about this outsider, non-local intelligence that is connected to a vibration. And so I always thought that that synchronicity, the source of synchronicity, could be accessed through vibration. And when I was looking at heart math and some of the other research that, say, Noetic Sciences is doing through Dean Radin and others, I realized that that the heart is is a vibration. I mean, the, the, the heart is beating 72 times per minute. And when you look at that as that vibration, you start to see that 72 times per minute, um, the next octave above that is 144. 
And, you know, 144 comes up in a lot of these religious texts also. So that caught my attention. And then you keep going up the ladder and you find that pretty soon you get to the vibration that's the same number as the diameter of the earth, the diameter of the sun, the diameter of the moon. And so you start to feel like there's this number, this vibration that is connected not only to our heart, but to the solar system and the universe. Wow. I mean, it it was so profound to me because during the session that we had, um, there were some physical problems in my in my body that I hadn't shared with anyone that came up in the session. But also through the session, there was this sort of, I don't know, this sort of eureka moment that hit me. And I mean, I can share that, that it was just that I have to be passionate about the work that I'm doing to be happy. And it blew my mind that, you know, you just kind of guiding me through this question answer process, putting it into a computer could kind of elicit this response for me. Like, what do you, I mean, what do you say to that? I say, wow, that's, that's what I say. And, and people that I work with, that's sort of the universal response is wow. And that goes back to synchronicity. If we, if we realize that we're connected to this field of unlimited intelligence and we just as human beings, I think we are at a crossroad. Well, not a crossroads. I think we're in this great place where we are evolving into a place where we are tapping into a higher sense of awareness, a higher consciousness, if you will. And with that, I find that there are all kinds of tools that are coming out. People are really understanding that we have these abilities. And so Scalar Heart Connection is, is really just a bridge to help people really connect with what they already know. You know, it's like how elephants know that a tsunami is coming before it comes or how different animals know when an earthquake is coming before it actually happens. How uh, Rupert Sheldrake has been doing a lot of experiments on how dogs know when their owners are coming home before before um, there's any physical way for them to know that. So is, there is this sense of knowing. And I think all Scale Heart Connection is doing is just helping us connect to that. Yeah. I mean, another part of the process that you offer to your clients is listening to these quantum healing codes. These are sounds that resonate with the chakras and help produce balance. How did your interest in sound as a healing tool come about and what led to this creation of the quantum healing codes? Well, I think because I've always been interested in vibration, uh, I studied in Germany, actually, um, what they call bioresonance. And the study in bioresonance uses oriental medicine as sort of the foundation. But in oriental medicine, they're always looking at the symptom and then tracing that back to the cause. What is the, what is the root um, dysfunction that is happening? And again, on an energetic level. And so I started to see the body as uh, frequencies. And so, for example, the kidney has a different vibration than the, the liver. Mm-hmm. And so I was always looking at the body as, a, as almost like an orchestra. And at one point I found a, a book called The Bible Codes through Dr. Horowitz. And he talks about these vibrations, which are the sofagio codes. And now you see them all over the Internet. A lot of people are familiar with them. And I, when I looked at those numbers, and this was probably 15 to 18 years ago, I realized that in the harmonics, 
that those vibrations could actually be put together as links and they created triangles. Now that's really bizarre. Um, if you're familiar with cymatics, cymatics is the study of sound and you see in sound also how vibration gives rise to geometry. And so I was looking at these vibrations, these harmonics of these tones, and I realized at some point that the triangles were coming together to create Metatron's cube. And Metatron's cube is, is um, the same as, say, the twin tetrahedrons. And so that gave me this idea that I could put these statements into um, a geometric pattern, if you would. And each one of those geometries and each one of those notes were referring to the different chakra emotional centers. And so really that just gave me a way to take all these different statements that we could ask the heart questions about and have them organized by chakra or have them organized by the different houses in the zodiac and all of their archetypal energies. So it was a way of simplifying it, but at the same time, when we have a disruption in, say, the solar plexus chakra and we use the, the tone for that, it just seems to bring that positive vibration deeper into a, a cellular level. Yeah, I mean, this this really gets me excited just hearing about this this concept. A little bit of lightning here. What would you say is the most striking thing that you've witnessed as far as someone who's used your technique as a means to healing? Well, I hesitate to use the healing or the cure word, um, but there have been situations where um, a different public presentations that I give around the country, I select people from the audience and um, and they like to come up and, and we have like a short version, which is similar to the version that we have on the app, where people can come up and they say, well, I'm having this problem or that problem. And sometimes people will come up with a, a pain in the knee, for example. And then we, and so we ask the heart, well, what is sort of the energetic issue there? What, what do we need to know to move that energy through? And it's just amazing how people will suddenly go into um, this deeper place that they weren't expecting. And you, you had that experience where, you know, you have one issue and then suddenly the heart is taking you to really, really deep levels. And, and so people will find issues around just moving forward in life. So there's, there would be an example where you could say, well, moving forward might be connected to the knee. And so when they get to the root cause of what's holding them back, they have this great epiphany, they have this great wow moment, and then they walk back into their seat and they're, they're walking with no pain at all. Now, I don't want to say that they were healed or that we cured them, but um, it is interesting how that, that sometimes happens. Have you ever had a session in which you felt like you had to retool or kind of reassess any of your own ideas? Well, I'm constantly resetting my ideas because, um, I mean, I just had a, a session um, just over the weekend with a family, and we the one of the the family members wanted to do a session around an ancestral trauma that they felt that there was some something may have happened in the past that they're holding on to in the in the present moment. And so that's all we had to go on was just, well, we think we want to clear some trauma in the family tree. 
And one of the things that come up is what is the beginning of the of this negative vibration that's in the group or in the person. And it can be an age, um, it can be a, a time in the womb, it can be, again, there is a section for ancestral pattern, but what came up was an age. And when we asked the heart to show us the age, it came up 49. Well, 49 ended up being the age that my great-great-grandfather was killed in the Civil War. 49 was the age of my daughter-in-law's mother when she died. 49 was the age of my grandfather when his other daughter committed suicide. And 49 just sort of came up everywhere, and it just shifted. Everybody in the room just got this incredible sense that we were connected in some way actually to the energy of those people. And so that that changes your, I mean, that that goes, that's a big wow, when suddenly the heart is giving you a number that is going across all these multiple generations. It was really profound. It really makes you think about how does how does that happen? I mean, what what how does the heart know all that? And to be able to bring that up and, and to for the first time people felt like they were integrating these these events in the past. And at the end of it, you know, there were people in the room that had years of feeling uh, a sense of anxiety. And at the end of the session, it just absolutely went away. It was like there's this whole shift in, in just the energy dynamics within the family group. Right. So, I mean, with the scalar heart connection and the theory and your technique, it uses a lot of esoteric and psychological terminologies such as chakras, Metatron's cube that we talked about, ego consciousness. Is it possible for someone to get something from this without understanding any of those things? The short answer is absolutely. Uh, there is a free version on our website at scaleheartconnection.com and you can just click on free session and it just asks you to type in what is your issue and then you just pick numbers. And you pick a number and you hit enter and the heart will give you feedback on what you need to look at. And that's all you really need to know. The, the longer answer is that oh, I think we're in a, a society that is still very connected to our thinking and to, you know, we want to see the science behind it. So probably that's why I spend a lot of time talking about neuropeptides and molecules of emotion and getting into these different, you know, terms. And a lot of people do appreciate that, and it gives their mind a certain comfort in terms of understanding how this works. Mm -hmm. but, but like I said, the heart doesn't really care about what we know or what we think we know. And as a matter of fact, I think that probably everything I think about how it works is not really true. I, <laughs> I think that it all goes beyond our mind's ability to even comprehend on some level. Huh. I'm truly fascinated by all of this. So, I mean, some of your writings on the human body, the empty vacuum, scalar waves, divine energy, you said that potential is only manifested when we provide the frequency information through our thoughts and intentions of what we want to create. Um, I mean, what does that mean? And does, I mean, does that entail that we are kind of like radios, kind of walking it around? Yeah, I guess it does. I mean, if there is this cosmic orchestra, the question is, are we in tune to that that cosmic orchestra? 
And I think our thinking and our ego-centeredness sometimes gets in the way of truly being connected to something that is outside ourselves, something that is bigger than ourselves. So again, all these you know big words are just a way of explaining um, a concept that we really don't understand. So um, I think it's it's okay that we all look at it from our own perspective. You know, th- I mean, I think the heart goes beyond the the boundaries of religion or the boundaries of whatever our philosophical beliefs are. I find that scalar heart connection really uh, on that deeper level appeals to everybody sort of co- cross-culturally. So that's, that is one of the, the beautiful parts that I, I like about it is that it helps us all connect with our hearts so we can connect with the hearts of others. Yeah, that's so powerful. I mean, what would you say is sub something that would be subconscious as material? Sorry, I can't control the weather. Um, <laughs> that's beautiful music in the background. <laughs> what would you say is some of the subconscious material that reduces the connection in our lives and maybe drives us in non-productive ways? Well, one of the things that I see is people wrestle with a sense of self-worth. And I think that's also a societal problem because we tend to value ourselves or value others based on our career status, how much money we make, the size of our house, how many cars we have. And when we don't measure up to what we think maybe our parents expected, our friends expect, then that really has a very detrimental effect to how we see ourselves. And if there's one thing that I enjoy more than anything else, it's helping people see that they are valuable, that they are a unique part of this whole cosmos and that they they contain and they have the power of the whole cosmos behind them. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the major ills that we have because in that we, we tend to separate. We, we start to judge and criticize others based on all kinds of false ideas. You know, it's, it seems like quantum science is moving closer to verifying some of these things like quantum state, dimensional structures, or non-local fields. And what is, what is your opinion of this? And do you think that we are getting closer to using this type of technology in our everyday lives? We sure are. And it's really exciting to see science step up to the plate and finally say, wow, you know, there, there is a, a scientific or a physic, physics uh, explanation for, let's say, telepathy and, you know, this whole idea of entanglement. So not everybody's on board with it, but the, the evidence is becoming more and more overwhelming. And the problem is we don't always understand how it works, but we're starting to see the applications of it. So more and more experiments are done that say yes. Um, the idea of being able to read someone's mind is is a real phenomenon. We can't ignore it anymore. The the ability of the heart to respond physiologically to an event that hasn't happened, um, we can't explain it. But there it is. I mean, time and time again uh, in the laboratory, it's it's documented out. So I think that we just need to give ourselves permission to tap into that unlimited intelligence. And I think that we will move into a whole new paradigm, which is needed because I think that if we're going to survive as a species, 
we need to connect with that. And by that, I mean connecting to our heart, connecting to the hearts of the others so we, of others, so we can ultimately connect to the heart of the planet. And if we did that, then I think our approach to the planet and to each other would be a completely new, new paradigm. So basically, you're ahead of your time by five to ten years. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe when I started, but I, I think now it's just it's becoming more commonplace. And I think because the, the resonance is there, people are just automatically stepping into that idea of, of this higher consciousness is sort of, um, it's there, it's opening to us. I mean, you, you talk a bit about reconnecting with our inner creativity. How, how important do you think that is? I think creativity is everything because any time we've advanced in any, in any endeavor, it's always because we've gotten out of the box. And, um, you know, it's, it wasn't it Einstein who talked about the, the intuitive mind being more valuable than the sort of the, the thinking mind? Because mm-hmm. it's the intuitive mind that gets outside of what we perceive to be true and as soon as we can do that, we might find that there are truths out there that we hadn't even considered. So when I think of creativity, I think of going outside of those confinements of our own conditioning. Yeah, I mean, you spend a lot of time painting and you seem like, you know, you have moved into a better place because of that. Um, is there is there anything that you would say to someone struggling with some of their connectivity issues within themselves? Well, let's um, stay with creativity because I think that we all are creative. And when we start to doubt ourselves, we start to have issues with our self-worth. One of the first things that goes is creativity. And I see so many times people when they think of creativity, they're like, you know, I used to sing when I was young, but somehow I didn't think I was good enough. Or I used to be an artist when I was young, and I just, you know, I had an experience where I was criticized, so I stopped. And I think that the idea of creativity takes us outside of ourselves, and if we could just enjoy the process. I mean, I love painting because I might have an idea of what I want to paint, but at the end of the day, I never paint what I started out to paint. There's always this outside influence that comes in and one paint stroke will suggest another one and before I know it I've created something entirely beyond myself and that's why paint is is for the just the pure surprise of it and so I think if if people can just step into their own personal power and just create for the fun and the excitement of discovering new things without judging or criticizing I just think we'll all be a whole lot happier yeah, I think I agree with you, man. Um, where where can people find your work, Stephen? At scalarheartconnection.com. That is the best place because there's articles there. There's some videos that describe the process. There is the, the book called Scalar Heart Connection. And we were talking about the quantum healing codes. I also have a book that's called Quantum Healing Codes that comes with a CD that explains how to use the codes and you can you know hear the codes for yourself cool well we will definitely provide the links for everyone in the post but i really do appreciate your time steven thank you so much for being here well thank you for having me it's been a pleasure this is the human experience and we are getting out of here